the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in this new study in the Word and in fact the new series is called The Word. Sean teaches the secrets on how to hear what God has to say through His Word but requires us to listen. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. But how do you know if what you read is true? Ah, you picked a great day to listen. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do today. Now just go to reachingforreallife.org. There's a place to give right there. Very easy. Today's part two of a message called To Tell the Truth. Pastor Sean is in 2 Peter chapter 1 and 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. The Word is divinely powerful because the Word is divinely true. It is true on so many levels. It is true in ways that we might not even yet see and understand, but as we grow, as we understand, we see more and more because it is from the Father. Jesus said in John 17, 17, he's praying to his Father, he's praying for his followers, and he says, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in the truth. You know what that means? Set them apart with this truth, in the truth. Set them apart. So they are people of the truth. They're walking in the truth. The reality that you are God, you spoke the world into being, you exist. Father, sanctify them. Set them apart so that they are walking and living in truth. And then he says, lest there be any confusion, Father, your word is truth. Your word is truth truth. See, that's why the Word is so powerful and transformative. That's why it changes lives. That's why it unlocks the path that God has for us, the things in our life that we're supposed to experience, the destiny that He created us for. The Word is powerful. This morning I want to suggest the Word is divinely true because it is authoritative, it is accurate, and it has stood the test of time. It is authoritative, it is accurate, and it has stood the test of time. Let's look at those three things real quickly. See, because the word is true, it is authoritative. Because the word is true, it is authoritative. Bottom line, it comes from the Father. It comes from the ultimate author or authority. Remember what Peter said, verse 20 and 21? Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is powerful and it is authoritative because it comes from our Creator, it comes from our Savior, it comes from our Father. That's the Word. And what that means now, and this is the part that we struggle with, it is binding on us as followers of Jesus. You want to know how we follow Jesus? We follow His Word. And that's the part that's like, oh, well, of course. You know, I, 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 every day I get my Bible promise box out or I get my Bible promise app out and I get a Bible promise that, uh, you know, that God has something good in my life. And I love that. See, here's the thing. And that's, that's fine. There are wonderful promises that we love. 
Where I really feel the weight of this, though, the authority of the word, is on those parts of the scripture that I don't love. And you're like, you're a pastor. You're supposed to love all the parts, Sean. Well, yeah, I do, I suppose, in theory. I, and, and even in truth, I, I do, I do. I love every part of it. But sometimes when I'm reading about how I should handle my money and I want to do something different, there's a part of me that doesn't love that. Okay? But that is authoritative in my life. And I have to decide what I'm going to do about that. How am I going to respond in how I handle my resources, the resources God gave me? Or how about this? How about in my leadership? You know, how about when, when the word tells me that a leader is not supposed to, a, a leader in the kingdom doesn't lord their leadership over those? Well, why not, Jesus? I don't understand. What's the point in being the leader if you can't boss people around? And he says, no, 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 no. He said, see, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. That's the kind of leadership I want you to exercise. I want you to create an environment with your leadership by serving those you lead so that healthy leaders should see ministries and people popping up all over the place, leading, trying things. And if something fails, it's like it's not the end, and, you know, someone is all of a sudden just missing. They're gone. What happened to them? Shh, we don't speak of them. No. So you're like, well, okay, there's, you helped us by learning one other way not to do that. Okay, thank you. You try again. Healthy leaders should see people growing and raising up, creating life. That's our, that's our assignment. And i got to tell you, there are times that I don't like that servant leadership part. Just the way, how about this? How about in my home, in how I treat my wife, who's in the room right now? How about you get up and talk about your marriage in front of all of us? See, where the scripture tells me I'm supposed to love her the way Christ loved the church. And I know he took a cross. We just celebrated the cross and what he did. He gave his life for the church. Scripture tells me I'm supposed to love her the way Christ loved the church. In other words, give my life. Or, like, you don't really mean that, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's figurative, right? I want you to lay down your life for your wife. Yeah, but Jesus, <laughs> and, and see, this is one of those ones that, that's a hard word. And it's one that we don't love, but, and, and I try to find a loophole. Yeah, but Jesus, you know, she's not submitting to me. Mm-mm, not at all. Mm-mm. Nope, she won't submit at all. In fact, I told her today, earlier, to submit, and she didn't do it. I said it right out. I said, submit, it's in the Bible. She didn't do it. She never does it when I yell submit, and when I yell it a lot. And somehow I think, oh, well, now we've got, I've got a, I've got a loophole because she didn't keep a, her in the car. You realize it doesn't say, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church if she's really good at the submission part. It says just love her as Christ loved the church. Oh, by the way, and I know you ladies are loving that, looking at your husband like, hmm, preach, preaching to you today. Mm. He's good. And some of you literally waving hankies back there. Good for you. Good for you. Well, ladies, how about the submission part? Ooh. You want to talk about something that, it, 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 there's people who, when I even talk about that, 
Wives, submit your husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And it's like, okay, see, that's ridiculous. This is outdated. That's not, that's not politically correct. Well, you forget that. See, understand, all these parts, our money, our leadership, our marriage, our parenting, our work, it's authoritative in all of those areas, and it talks about all of them. This is, I think, the kind of a rubber meets the road issue for the church today. Are we going to see the Scripture as authoritative, so therefore it's binding on me, or am I going to try to kind of pick and choose the ones that fit into my, you know, my lifestyle, my vibe? What am I going to do with the Word of God? Am I going to see it as the Word that came from Him, so therefore I am under it? I am under its teaching. This is how I follow Jesus today. I follow His Word. I told you before, the disciples followed like the back of his head because they were literally following him from town to town. We follow Jesus by following his word. Am I going to follow Jesus by following his word? See, it's authoritative. John 8, 31, 32, listen to this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And then he goes on, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Did you know those two scriptures were together? We hear verse 32 all the time. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They're part of the preceding verse. There's like a comma between them. It's the same sentence. If you abide in my word, in other words, if you live in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, abiding in the word, living it, obeying it is critical. In fact, I think that's how the truth sets us free. I think it is possible to know the truth and, have, and not have the truth set you free. Because it doesn't matter how much of the truth I know. If I don't do it, it's not going to change anything. Right? Like, I can know that the Bible says I'm supposed to love my wife the way Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Oh, good, I know that. Yes, I can even tell you what chapter in the Bible that's found in. Great. Who cares until I actually do it? Because when I actually do it is when she will feel the love of Jesus. She'll see my leadership differently. We will find something happening in our home and our marriage. We'll see the good fruit of obedience to the word of God. Until I do that, the truth hasn't set me free. I know it, but it hasn't set me free. So the word has to be authoritative in the life of believers. And it speaks to so many different areas. Bible describes itself kind of as an authoritative light in a dark world. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It illuminates how I should walk, where I should walk. And it gives me, in in a world that is truth-starved, it's like a beacon of light. This is truth. See, the word is divinely powerful because the word is divinely true. And because it's true, it's authoritative. Second thing we talked about, because the word is true, it is accurate. Because the word is true, it is accurate. And this is really important, okay? These, these two kind of go together. If I can declare the scriptures in error or inaccurate, I can dismiss them as authoritative. And that's the motive behind why people try to dismiss it as authoritative. In other words, why would you bother trying to say, well, there's no such thing as the virgin birth. Virgin birth wasn't real. What was important is that all things are possible with God. 
nothing is impossible with him, right? You say, well, wait a minute, then don't you, aren't you saying that a virgin birth is possible? Well, no, I don't. See, if I can treat the word, if I can show the word or hold this opinion that the word isn't really accurate, and there are little errors and little things, then I can dismiss it as authoritative. I can pick and choose the parts I want. That's the motive behind trying to, this movement to try to dismiss the authority and the inerrancy of the Scripture. And it's really important. There's a, you understand, this is not neutral. There's this big motive. It's like, if I can dismiss the power of the word, I don't have to follow it. It's just like what I've told you before. If I can kind of argue away or try to convince myself there's no God, then guess what? I get to be God in my own life. Isn't that great? This notion of a creator with authority and I am responsible to him, that's inconvenient. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So I got to explain God away. Or I have a moral responsibility to him. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. If I can somehow treat the Word as inaccurate, full of errors, then I can dismiss the authority of the Word. This is where we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called To Tell the Truth. It's in the series called The Word, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message to tell the truth. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. See, one of the key doctrines in the Orthodox Christian Church throughout the centuries has been this doctrine of inerrancy, or sometimes called infallibility. Remember what we read in verse 21. Let me read that again. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Remember, he's talking about the prophecy of Scripture. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of men but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. A lot of people debate and argue over what was the actual mechanism. Did the guy go into a trance and the Holy Spirit actually moved his hand? I don't think so. And most scholars don't, don't interpret that that way. They believe that these authors wrote under the influence and the guidance and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And they were carried along by the Spirit. Remember 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
See, because of their divine inspiration, the God-breathed holy scriptures are infallible and without error in everything that they address. That's the idea, in everything they address. And it's important to know what they are addressing and what they are not addressing. That's a really important point. They are inerrant in everything that they address. And some people start going, oh, well, come on. There's scripture that talks about to the four corners of the earth or to the ends of the earth. Are they saying the earth is flat? Is that, is, are they flat earth? Are you flat earth? No. That's the common vernacular of the day in reference. What about creation? People get all worked up. Now, I, I will say to you, when you stop and consider that basically creation was covered in two chapters of Scripture, if you want to include the fall, three chapters, okay? Really, two chapters, God talks about creation. He gives us 12 chapters on the life of Abraham. What does that tell you God's priority in the Scripture is? What it is and what it isn't? Okay, the, the Bible does not try to be a science text. You need to understand that. And for us to try to make it a science text is a big mistake. Do you know what the important part of creation story is? God said, and there was. Say it with me. God said, and there was. That's the truth. That's the hill we need to die on. Okay? That's the truth. And that's what the scripture points out for us and what it walks us through. Now, you go, but but it says on the first day, the second day of creation. Could God do that in literal 24-hour days? Sure he could. Nothing is impossible with God. I absolutely believe that. If God, was, if God chose to speak that and have it happen in seven literal 24-hour days, that doesn't cause me any heartburn at all. If those were seven creative time spans, and Moses, as he's writing the Pentateuch down, is just describing kind of these seasons of creation, that wouldn't ruin my day either. But the scripture doesn't specifically kind of give us all the details. The important point is God said, and there was. And that's the real rub anyway. And, and this, is, this is one of the best examples of truth exists regardless of our opinions. I don't care if you believe that God used an evolutionary process or God spoke it in seven actual 24-hour days. It doesn't matter. Our opinions don't change the truth of how we got here. We are here. And it happened. And when we are in his presence, uh, we can bore him to tears with our questions of exactly how it happened. And somehow I don't think he'll be bored. I think he'll delight in talking to us about it. But the point is, truth exists. And creation, when you try to make creation a science, understand, it's like, okay, well, if... If it was seven 24-hour days, and if everything in the Bible is exactly, literally, and only the truth, then the earth is 8,000 years old. Is the earth 8,000 years old? And the Bible doesn't say the earth is 8,000 years old. It doesn't say that. That's, that's something you have to understand. Now, if you have a particular interpretation, this is really important. When it comes to inerrancy, okay, there's two things that's dependent on it. One... It needs an accurate translation. And you need to know, we have really accurate. I don't know if there's any text anywhere in ancient history or in modern history that has been as carefully and meticulously translated as the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament Scriptures. 
So we have very accurate translations by any standard. The second thing is the inerrancy does not apply to my interpretation. My interpretation, you're like, well, duh, (laughs) yours. But mine is, no, to any of our interpretations. So there are scholars, people who are very smart people, who think, you know what, the Scripture said this, and they think carbon dating is off, and they think that, that there's not accuracy in that, so that the earth is actually a young earth. They have a young earth belief. And that's an interpretation based on what they see in Scripture, where the Scripture never says exactly how all that works. And so that's their interpretation. There are others who say, no, 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 I think science is overwhelmingly conclusive. There was this evolutionary process, and so the earth is X billion years old, and da-da-da-da. That's an interpretation. You're like, no, it's science. Yeah, you need to understand what science is, okay? Science is this kind of growing body of knowledge, and I really do enjoy when science kind of goes one way and then comes around and goes, oh, yeah, what the Bible said was right because it happens all the time, okay? That does. But you, you just have to understand our interpretations are not infallible. The Scripture in its form, original form, is. And what our idea that requires accurate translations, it requires us to know the difference between my interpretation and what the Scripture actually says. Okay, this idea of inerrancy. Another thing, people go, what about the obvious contradictions of Scripture? One, I would challenge you, I don't find obvious contradictions in Scripture. I, every time people come to these contradictions and you actually start looking at it, the illustration I've used is a car accident. You get a bunch of people talking about a car accident. What happened? What happened to the car accident? Well, these two cars collided and they were three feet from the road. Another person comes along, no, 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 they were 12 feet from the fence. Up, see a contradiction. Is it? Or could they be both? three feet from the road, and 12 feet from the fence. Well, I, a police officer came and asked me and, and spoke to me and asked my opinion of what happened and asked me to give a statement. Okay, gave a statement. The other person goes, well, there were two police officers there, and they asked for my statement. Are those contradictory statements, or can both be true? I think there are, when you talk about particularly the Gospels, you talk, about, you talk about four different accounts from four different lenses, four different perspectives. You do. You get some different perspective, but you, I, I have not found these contradictions that people talk about. The Word is unbelievably accurate. The Hebrew Scriptures, the New Testament Gospels, the New Testament letters is an unbelievably accurate and trustworthy. See, that's the whole point. You can trust it. You can trust the Scriptures. The word is divinely powerful because the word is divinely true. And as such, it is authoritative, it is accurate. And I'll close with this. Third, the word is true. Because the word is true, it has stood the test of time. And this is one of the most powerful proofs. Because isn't the proof always in the pudding, so to speak? The fruit? What kind of fruit? The word has stood the test of time. The word of God transforms every place that it is truly followed and lived out all throughout history, whether that's an individual's heart, whether that's a family, whether that's a community, where the Word of God has actually lived, you see transformation. There's wonderful stories of revivals in, in Europe, revivals in America, where absolute towns change because of 
word of God moving through and people accepting Christ and people coming to be, become followers of Jesus. And you see bars closed down, prostitutes no longer needed, and those prostitutes' lives change. And in, within a matter of a few years, the entire complexion of a community is different because of the power of the gospel. Story after story after story. Do a study on some of the revivals, the great revivals, and how they have moved through. What's funny is people go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what about things like, you know, the Crusades? What about the Inquisition? What about the state church in Germany that actually helped cover for Hitler in the early days of the Nazi development? What about that? See, I'm not talking about unholy union of government and church where leaders use the church to justify their actions, because that's what those are. That's not people really following Jesus. That's leaders, political leaders, who want to use the church and hold up the Bible saying, you need to join my war because God said so. And sadly, gullible people stand up and go, yeah, God said so. That's why literacy is such a gift, and we're so grateful for it. But when someone says, you need to do this because God said so, well, let me take a look. I want to see in the word of God where God said so. And I want to understand that. But see where the gospel has actually been followed, where people have surrendered their lives to Jesus, where they've begun to follow Jesus. It is transformative and powerful. The word of God is a gift. And here's the point of the whole message. We've got this gift. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the Word of God? See, the thing God has put in my heart as your pastor, and that, whether, that's whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, listening on the radio, I just want you to consider this. The whole, the thing He's put in my heart for this year is that, man, I want to move the ball downfield at getting a high percentage of people at River City. I'd love to see everybody be a person who is daily in the Word, listening for God to speak through His Word. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Word, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.